Hails, minions and mortals, this is Fang von Rathenstein, lead singer of the most metal band on earth, the Lords of the Trident, and we are running seven live streams every single month, including full band concerts, solo guitar shred sessions, and even classic Sega CD game playthroughs. So head on over to youtube.com slash Lords of the Trident and twitch.tv slash Lords of the Trident and subscribe. We've got a Patreon too, so check that out. Do it quick before Andy realizes he played the Lords ad and not the Lord ad. Hi folks, welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. Now before we kick into this week's episode, you should um, heavily consider joining me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling is um, a lovely little place that I've created where you can, uh, if you feel like it, support me. And this little podcast of mine. And support starts from only $1 a month. That's right. It's, it's, it's just a, a, a tiny little bit of money that you can, you can donate to the cause that comes out of your, your PayPal account or your credit card or whatever it might be. And you don't even notice it because it's only a buck. It's dirt cheap. And look, you don't really get anything from it. You just get a little warm and fuzzy feeling. But rest assured that you know, you're contributing to the bigger cause, which is antisocial. It's been going for five years now, you know, 242 episodes as of right now. And, and what a, what a thing to be a part of. Now, if you want to, if you want to throw me some extra dollars, then you'll get access to an exclusive Patreon podcast each and every week that comes into your, into your feed and you can enjoy my soothing voice uh, in your ear holes, and you'll enjoy it immensely. So that's patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Now let's kick into this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 242 of the Andy Social Podcast is here, and this week's guest is Wayne Joyner. Now, Wayne Joyner is a motion designer, and if you don't know what that is, I reckon Wayne will give you a really good understanding of that in this episode to come. Wayne has worked with a stack of amazing bands over the years, uh, Dream Theater, Devin Townsend, um, Arian. He's worked with uh, Prog Power USA. He's worked with us as well. He did our Chaos Reigning clip. Uh, and most recently, he's also worked with uh, Metal Church and Seven Dust and a bunch of other bands uh, over the years. Just amazing work that Wayne's done. You can go and check out Wayne by going to waynejoiner.com. Uh, he's on Facebook as well, Wayne Joiner Creative. Uh, he's on Vimeo, vimeo.com slash waynejoy. And of course, if you just can't be bothered, you can just click on the show notes, andysocial.net, and click through on your podcast player. There'll be a bunch of clickable links uh, to check out Wayne's world. But enough crapping on from me. Please enjoy this amazing chat with the great Wayne Joiner. I heard uh, heard on the grapevine that your home team expanded a little bit this week. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks, buddy. How's um? This is a bit of an interesting question for you straight off the bat. Uh, from a okay. from a non-parent to a parent, uh, what's what's it like uh, going through round one and now round two? Ah, uh, let's see, man. Round one. Um. Well, first of all, the first the first time my wife was in the hospital for a month, mm. so so um, we had a little bit of time to prepare for it, you know, and uh, and he was born on time. This one came six and a half weeks early. Wow. Yeah. So uh, she's still in the NICU. My wife's still in the hospital. So I, I kind of got the place to myself, which is kind of nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Make the most but, of it. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, man, it, it it really doesn't get any easier, you know, just kind of sitting there waiting to go into the delivery room. Uh it just I'm just as nervous. You know, I'm like, oh, holy shit, what's about to happen? <laughs> well, I've heard I've heard from friends of mine over the years when they've had their first child and they they say it's almost like you can't you can't describe it until it happens. Like you can't you can't yeah. sort of describe the experience or what goes through you and I assume that would be a similar case for yourself um, and, and on both occasions even even now with uh, with the new one coming along yeah yeah man and it's going to be different because I have a, I have a four-year-old son so I know how to handle him you know I can wrangle him around and stuff so <laughs> having having a girl is going to be a little bit different you know it's going to be a big different experience I guess from that's that's what I hear so another dynamic little dynamic man and she's so tiny dude she was only three and a half pounds when she was born wow so yeah so yeah and especially what what would you say six six and a half weeks early six and a half weeks early she was supposed to be born october oh geez wow how much i mean i don't know how this works but it sounds people listening to this podcast are going oh here we go andy like you know nice uh nice uh explanation of how things work but how how much <laughs> warning do you get like, you know, obviously it's, it's six and a half weeks early, but, uh, you know, are you sort of getting warning signs, you know, 12 hours early or 24 hours early and sort of leads up to it? Or is it a pretty, pretty quick thing? Uh, well, no, actually is, uh, uh, my wife has high blood pressure. Mm. So it was like a blood pressure thing. So, um, just for the mother's health and the baby's health, they're like, well, you know, when your blood pressure gets too high, we're just you know, it's can be damaging for both of you and life threatening. So we're just going to take a baby and put you on some meds and put the baby in the NICU and everybody will be okay in a few weeks. So mm, There you go. Well, um, yeah. no doubt, no doubt, uh, a very sort of intense time and, and a lot going on, yeah, a lot of different yeah. emotions. Definitely, definitely. And staying busy on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> So how, I mean, it's probably an interesting thing for yourself, given the work that you do. I would assume that for the most part, life doesn't change too much for you as far as what you do on a day-to-day basis with, with the type of work that, that you do. It doesn't, it doesn't. It, um, <laughs> well, it slightly did this time because, uh, I, I, I tend to book my clients out about two to three, sometimes four months in advance. Um, just as like padding for me, mm. you know, just being a, being a freelancer. Um, th- this time around, um, I, I left my September open because I knew I thought she was coming in September. Mm. So, so my August was conf- like completely booked. So now my issue is trying to flip my schedule around. <laughs> so I'm trying to, and, and, and you know, in the music business, you know, like songs get released on certain days and, and all this. And so, some clients understood, some clients didn't, you know, I'm like, well, it is what it is, man. Family comes first. Yeah. So, so but most were cool. Most were cool. I had some clients who were like, yeah, we'll give you a few extra days. Um, like for instance, I'm working on a new seven dust video. Cool. And my, my deadline was Tuesday. Mm. So, and, uh, I told them, I'm like, Hey, there's no way I'm, I'm going to be able to have this done for you guys on Tuesday. Uh, can you give me until Friday? And they're like, absolutely. We totally understand. So, yeah, I just wrapped that video up not even 45 minutes ago, 
Hey, send it off to their <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, bud. Send it off to their label. Hopefully it gets approved. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's cool. Are they, those guys are from your neck of the woods as well, aren't they? They are, man. They, uh, they're local boys. They live here, same city I live in. I don't know them personally, hmm. uh, but yeah, no, they're from here. Yeah. It's still a great band. They've been around for a while, and they've moved with the times, and they still sound great. Yeah, yeah, one of those, one of those bands that, um, at least f- from my point of view, and I guess being you know in in the part of the world that I'm in, they uh, they burst out out of the gates really quickly with some the first couple of albums and got a lot of noise, and then at least from our end, it they seem to disappear for a little while. But um, looking back now, they've never stopped. They just kept they've just kept going, and they've just always sort of yeah. it's, they've got this real workhorse attitude that um, that comes out of that band. So. It's cool to see that they're still they've still got stuff in the pipeline, and it's it's even even more exciting to know that uh, that uh, you're helping out in the background, and hopefully, as you said, that video gets approved, and I get to I get to watch it in the near future. But yeah, it's it's cool. It must be exciting yeah, to man. to work with these with with these guys. Sometimes it is, yeah, yeah. Um, most of the times, I get to directly. There's there's three ways that I usually do this. Mm. It's uh, I either work with the artist directly which I really enjoy. Um, I'll work with the label as like a proxy, mm-hmm. you know, and usually in that situation, uh, the artist is usually hard to work with. Mm. So the label kind of like stays in the middle, you know, and then, or I'll work with a manager, which is pretty rare that I'll deal with the manager. You know, that's more of like a promoter's thing, but yeah, that's usually how it is. But most of the time, man, it's just, you know, um, just me and whoever the band leader is, is who calls the shots is who I'm working with. Do you find that those situations where you're working with the label and they're sort of they're acting as that middle, that middle person between the band and yourself, do you find that it actually takes longer on average to complete the project because you've got that extra step that you have to go through this this middle person to try and get the feedback and wait for the turnaround. And also, as you said, like in some of these cases, the reason why they're there is because the artist is difficult as well. So do you find that on average, yeah. that it usually takes a bit longer to get the job done? Yeah, it, it does because most of my clients are international. Hmm. So, so like, you know, so like if uh, the label is in Italy and the client is that well the band or the artist is in say like england mm. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of like ping ponging back and forth three different time zones so yeah so that's that that can be pretty difficult do you do you find with um with working with international artists because i mean you know you're you work for yourself um you know you've got your own business set up and and you've you've got this portfolio of work and this reputation that you have, but um, you know, working with all these international artists, do you find, or have you had challenges in the past with dealing with inf- new information coming in at all these different times of the day, and just keeping some sort of stability on your side of the fence with your own time and your own schedule? Because I, at least from my point of view, if I saw like if my phone flashes and I see a really important message, and it might be say 11 o'clock at night or four o'clock in the morning, or maybe I wake up in the middle of the night and unfortunately go and press my phone, which I shouldn't be doing, but I sometimes do. <laughs> you're so compelled to sort of dive in and then you're in this rabbit hole. Yeah. Do you find yourself sort of going through those challenges or have you got a pretty good system in place? 
I used to do that all the time, dude. When I first started doing that, and and, and I still, I'll still pick up my phone at four o'clock in the morning and look <laughs> and see, you know, just call the different time zones, you know, to see if something gets approved or not. Mm. Um, but I try not to, you know, I try to like manage my schedule now. Um, before I was working all hours of the night and, and now that I've gotten a little bit smoother at doing this and a little bit better at getting into my clients' heads and knowing what they want, I can get my projects done a little bit faster. Mm. So, so I can have a little bit more time on my hands now, not so much time. But um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's it's a twenty. It can be a twenty-four hour a day gig, yeah. you know. And and my studio is at home, so if it's three o'clock in the morning and a video has to launch at eleven a.m., mm-hmm. I I have to come down here at three in the morning and make a real quick tweak and get it back over to them. So, have you found that over the years you've you've got better with the way that you? ask questions because I think a lot of, a lot of artists out there struggle with, they'll have an idea in their head as far as what they want, but to be able to explain it to somebody else can be really tough. And I think that would be really difficult for any type of artist out there, regardless of what, what type of art you're putting together. Do you find that Mm -hmm. you've had to be a little bit smarter in the way that you try and extract that information out of the client to make sure that you're creating something that's going to appeal to them? Well, honestly, usually, man, uh, the artist, uh, I always find that they, 99.9% of the bands that I work with don't know what they want. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know what they want. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They don't know what they want until they see it, Mm. you know, but usually, man, it's, it's, I, I, I usually don't have to make a lot of tweaks on videos. Cool. It's like simple stuff. So, but um, mostly, man, the bands that I work with, they just really give me the keys to create. I mean, they trust me enough to to come up with something that's going to make them look good and get them thousands of views, hopefully millions one day. Mm. <laughs> I've had a couple million views. I'm pushing, man. I'm working on it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, most bands, like, uh, like for instance, uh, the Dream Theater guys mm. totally give, gave me 100% creativity. Yeah, well, that's huge. Which, which you wouldn't think they would, mm. but they did. They're like, dude, you do your thing, and – um, well, I had to, I kind of had, had to prove myself to those dudes first, but you know, once once I once you know I, I was proven with them, they're like, "Hey, you're a guy. Here's the ball. You run with it. We're gonna love everything you do." So, I mean, it's it's huge praise. I was I was looking on your website, and you have uh, like a little reviews testimonial sort of section with a, you know a few small names on there. Like, there's some amazing like just you know, bits of praise from these, these, you know, metal and rock gods out there that um, a lot of us have looked up to over the years. And these guys are just saying, you know, your work's incredible and they've got faith in what you do. And I think that's just, I mean, you can't pay for that. You've got to earn that. And and you've obviously, you know, been grinding it out for years to get to where you are now. But I mean, just touching on the dream theater thing. um, And I made a note about this because I'd love to just get a bit of, bit of your insight as far as what was going through your head when you were tasked with the mission to do live visuals for was it for metropolis part two 
Yeah, I do. I did the, I did, they did two sets. Mm. They did, well, how all that started, uh, I'll give you the backstory yeah. on that. So, so before they signed, and that was always a goal of mine, you know, because, you know, I grew up in the whole prog power scene and everything. And, you know, I wanted to work with the, the top dogs there, you know. So I'm like, uh, before they signed to Inside Out, uh, Thomas, who is the, the main guy over there, I'm like, Thomas, listen, dude, I know you just signed these guys. It's my dream to work with them. <laughs> and, and, and if I can get that show, because I already worked with Devin mm. a few times on the label. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but but with uh, with Dream Theater, I'm like, hey, you know, man, this is a dream of mine. I want to work with these guys. I think I can do something for them that's never been done before. Uh, you know, I did that big Aryan universe thing. Mm. I can do I can do that for them, you know. And he's like, listen, Thomas is like, listen, um, they're not so interested with working with anybody in the industry, like in the prog industry, because they don't want to be like everybody else, mm. which is totally understandable. And I was like, I understand. So he's like, just to keep expectations low, it's probably not going to happen. I'm like, okay, no problem. It's all good. I understand. So this is like, you know, like 2017, mm. uh, about six, seven, eight months later. I guess they just finished recording that last album, Distance Over Time. Yep. I get I get a call from Thomas, and he's like, "Hey man, uh, the guys have some interest, you know." And uh, I'm like, "Oh wow!" I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit! All right, <laughs> okay." So um, they want to try you out. So what we're gonna do is pick a song. Um, let's do kind of like an audition. Um, pick a song. And of course, I'd pick an instrumental, so it'd be so much easier. Mm-hmm. So uh, I took Overture 1928, cool. and uh, I threw my style on it. And um, John and Jordan loved it, and they're like, "You got the gig, dude." And and what was cool about that is not only did I get to to reimagine the whole scenes from a memory set, mm. I got the I got to do a video or a visualizer for every single song off the new album. Wow. So, so it was about six months worth of work. Uh, and so, but they use that in both sets as well. So, and for that, this last tour they did, I designed their backdrop, two backdrops, animated backdrops. The whole first set mm. uh, was all the uh, distant stuff, you know, so, and then the second set was all the scenes from my memory, which I you know I had to go back and re-listen to the album yeah. and like try to understand the story uh, and come up with characters. And and uh, I worked really closely with John on that and how he wanted the characters to look and give it this kind of a uh, manga kind of anime look to it. And yeah, man, it was a, a, a huge success. And, you know, compared to their last tour, they did that, big astonishing led huge whatever they did it was like mm-hmm. a massive thing and uh they had like a, th- a team of like 30 people wow and, yeah and and this time around it was just me <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, but it, it worked out and man, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And hopefully one day again, they'll want to do that with me again. Um, you know, John, I'm working with John on a solo project, just did a video for him, mm. some promos. So yeah, man, it, it's been amazing. It's been great. I mean, when you got that call, uh, just to say, look, the guys are interested and here's, here's an opportunity to, as you said, like, you know, more or less throw some sort of audition, uh, you know, together um, to send over to them. I mean, what, what was going through your head at the time? Were you sort of, were you pretty confident that you, you were the guy for the job and you, you know, it was just a matter of matter of time when it was all going to fall into place or were, were the nerves sort of really setting in and there's a lot of that, you know, like that old imposter syndrome kicking in where you're like, oh, geez, I don't know if, if you know, have I, have I overshot the mark here? <laughs> have I, have I dived into the deep end? Yeah, sort of, man. I, I kind of tend to overthink, overthink things a lot. Hmm. So when I'm working on a video, I, I will overthink it. And, and I'm like, oh man, it's just like, this is taking too long. And I'm like, just, you know, like sometimes less is more, Hmm. you know, but not really. Um, you know, it was one of those things. If I didn't get the gig, I didn't get the gig. There's, there's other fish in the sea, you know, you know, uh, so, but you know, it, it worked out and it just kind of happened and John and I have become great friends and it's been, and, and Jordan, so it's been great. And um, as you said, you just finished working on uh, John's, some of John's promo stuff for his new album as well. I mean, how does, how did that compare, you know, you're, you're dealing with, with a guy who, as you said, was, was really sort of uh, actively involved with you to put together the scenes from a memory, you know, um, visuals. And that's that would yes. be one of his big babies from over the years, like a, a huge project that, yeah. uh, that that band was involved with. So how how was it different working under that set of circumstances with that album, with a lot of weight around it because just it's a it's a fan favorite, it's got a lot of reputation and legacy, and then transitioning over to working on a brand new solo album for John, which would have been equally as important to him, but probably a very different set of circumstances. How how did the two compare? Well, he uh, with the scene stuff, he's like, you know, I, I don't want I don't want my stuff to look like Dream Theater at all. Mm. He's like, you know, it, I don't want it to look, look like Liquid Tensions, any, anything from the past. Mm. So I'm like, oh, okay, we can do that. Um, so he wanted to do like a studio documentary type video, you know, him in the studio, him and you know, like Mike hanging out. You know, the fans love all that kind of stuff. Mm. So um, originally, I think he was going to do two videos, and I don't know why. He, just one now. But uh, I'm like, you know, let's kind of take this to the next level, man. You know, since it's it's terminal velocity, you know, it's all about speed. Let's, let me animate like a giant Hadron collider. Let's create some black holes because you're playing so fast. You're opening up the time warp. You know, let's uh, let's just make something really, really cool, dude. And he's like, "Let's go for it, man." Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and and it it doesn't look like Dream Theater. It looks like his own thing, and he loves it. And um, yeah, man, I think it's getting close to a million views, which yeah, is a nice. milestone for milestone for me. You know, because I'm <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, no, he was just he he's a such a gentleman, always. He's a hero on stage and a hero off stage. Such a great dude to work with. Yeah, he. I mean, his public persona uh, is certainly a very, very relaxed 
relaxed guy and a personable sort of personality that that's put out there. He doesn't seem to be a, a difficult person or a difficult personality, but um, but you know, you never know. If you're on the outside looking in, you sort of think, well, that might be what the outside looks like. But um, you know, when it comes to to working on your craft, it could be a very different story, a very different beast that you could be dealing with. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so I assume that there'd be a level of in- intensity regarding, I guess, making sure that he gets what he wants, but. But um, just from what you said, it sounds like you know more or less what you see is is what you get. Yeah, he's super cool, man. And um, he, as far as my experience, he's he has been an absolute pleasure to work with, one hundred percent all the way. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, there you go. Nice and reassuring to know that uh, the perception of him is is equal uh, behind the scenes as well. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how does is. how does it compare working with you know John and Jordan? And just those guys collectively with, um, as, as you quickly mentioned before, like working with someone like Devin, um, is it a completely different scenario again, as far as that dynamic and, and sort of the collaboration and going back and forth? Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> completely different, man. Like uh, Devin is the only client that I have not been able to get inside of his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I, I, I can, you know, I, I can get, in, get inside a client's head. I know what they want. Uh, turn it around and they love it. Devin um, is tough, man. Um, Sometimes he likes things. Sometimes he doesn't like, he changes his mind a lot. Um, He's just a very personable guy. Nice as can be. Mm. Super, super nice, friendly guy, but he's an artist. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, he's, he's a, surrealist mm. artist you know which is even more difficult but um i love i i love working with him because i really get to get experimental mm. so you no know, i uh, i did that cat flying through the galaxy <laughs> video for him which was so much fun man he's like i want this to look like it was done by five or six different artists so i'm like okay let me see if i can try to pull that off man you know <laughs> so and it, and it worked and it looked like it was done by a couple different people and it wasn't <laughs> so but uh yeah no devin devin's cool devin devin does his thing devin changes his mind every 5 minutes <laughs> so it's it's uh it's equally as fun but equally as difficult, challenging, but I'm always up for a good challenge. So, No doubt you would have learned a lot working with somebody like that who might not be your standard client in the fact that, you know, as you said before, like a lot of the people that you work with will put a lot of the trust in your hands and once they see it, then they can sort of, you know, work out whether, whether they like it or not. Um, but just yeah. describing Devin, it sounds like he kind of knows what he wants in his head, even though that might change quite frequently, which is tough in itself. But once obviously the visuals are there, then um, he's probably got a lot more say as far as what he likes and what he doesn't like versus probably your typical client. Yeah. Yeah. It goes deep. <laughs> it goes deep with him. <laughs> yeah. It goes deep, man. It's uh, it's like everything that I end up doing for Devin looks like a DMT trip. <laughs> so, so, it, <laughs> so it's one of those things, man. So, and I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> so, <it's... laughs> so you're really getting pushed out of your comfort zone then <laughs> yeah 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 so 
it's almost like you I mean you're the the only thing that you're taking is a little bit of a, a bit of Devon to be honest I mean Devon's Devon's the one that's drip feeding uh his uh his world into into yours and you're trying to grapple yes. that one so I guess it's a trip in itself yes yeah he's getting inside my head yeah. that's what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> oh how I mean how does how does this work from a like I understand in the music industry and being in a band and how the growth of your band and getting better and getting a better reputation and getting more people to follow you and more success. And a lot of that comes from obviously you know, hard work, but it's also networking and building up that portfolio and that reputation. I assume it's probably a very similar thing to yourself where you started working with a couple of people and it's more of a case of just getting that foot in the door. And then that's led to the next opportunity. And it's just been a bit of a chain reaction after that. Yeah, it, it has been. And, um, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm. So, um, you know, I worked at a lot of different places before I started doing the music stuff, which really helped with experience. I, uh, I worked here at the Weather Channel here in, here in Atlanta for, for many years. Mm. And I get to work with like the giant screens and the backgrounds and built hurricanes and tornadoes and all that kind of stuff. So I get a lot of experience like that. So that really paid off doing like the live visual stuff, you know, tell, telling that kind of story, like visually live. But um, yeah, man, once uh, I started started doing this, um, well, I guess I can I can trace it back to 2008 when I started working for Prog Power, mm. and and uh, you know just started out doing T-shirts, which and that that's a funny thing too is because to get that gig. I won a t-shirt contest. Glenn had, <laughs> Glenn had t-shirt contest. And I was like, you know, let me, let me see what I can do here. And I won the t-shirt contest. And what, 25 years later, here we are. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. So, uh, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. And, uh, you know, I, I decided, you know, I really want to go into music and, and do some things and, 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 and at the time when I started doing this kind of stuff, like lyric, these lyric videos and animated videos, I guess it was like 2015, mm. they didn't, I mean, and not knocking on anybody's work, man, or other artists, uh, it just, it didn't look good. Mm. You know, they, they were cheesy. They were PowerPoint presentation looking type things, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Mm. So, I, and I really wanted to try to bring it into push the limit of making Lyric videos and animated videos almost is just as good, if not better, as real performance videos, you know? So, and that's what I try to do with your band's video, you know? Um, just stuff like that, man. I, I always really try to overachieve with everything I do. I'm never satisfied with any project I ever work on. Uh, I'm, I'm never happy with anything I work on which is, uh, I'm, kind of, I'm a bit of a tormented soul like that, you know, <laughs> which, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I, if I ever get complacent or happy with what I do, then it's going to show in my work and my work's going to get sloppy and it's just going to all start to look the same and mundane. So just by me pushing myself and never being satisfied I feel like that really helps me to keep getting better and better at doing this kind of thing. Yeah, I think you need you need a level of frustration in everything that you do because if if there's not 
even just this little tiny fragment of frustration in your life, then as you said, you get complacent and and you might be yeah. comfortable for a very short period of time, but then things start to get stale and things start to yeah, absolutely start to, absolutely. to become problems which weren't problems before. So yeah, it's it's a funny thing because I think um, a lot of people don't want to be frustrated; they hate the feeling, but you kind of need it. It's like a, it's like an integral ingredient in in life in general, just to always be wanting to take action or just to get through the day. You need you need something. To, to drive you and, and usually that's that's some some level of frustration there. So yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I think yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you definitely need yeah. it. One thing um, I was there's a couple of different tangents I was going to go on, but one in particular uh, just about the lyric video in 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 particular, um, it sounds like you're hyper aware of I guess the reputation of what lyric videos have become over the years since when yes. they first started getting used. And as you mentioned, you know, sort of the, the PowerPoint presentation sort of slide deck sort of look, uh, yeah. which I've, I've certainly seen. And I think a lot of, oh, I, I, it's hard because I'm a music fan myself. And so I love to watch what other bands do and bands that I love. Um, but mm-hmm. I kind of see it from a different perspective again, because I'm also in a band. And so I understand how sort of it works yeah. on the other side of the fence. But for me, like I, I've always looked at, the, the lyric video as, especially after the first few goes and the first couple of years of, of bands starting to do it, that it was almost like this throwaway thing that was not very exciting. It was almost like a tick and flick no. sort of thing in yeah. your promotional campaign. Oh, well, better go and do a lyric video. It's nice and easy. Just slap one together and just chuck it out there. And so for yeah, you, let's just pay yeah. somebody fifty bucks and get something done and get yeah, it out the door. Yeah, and it doesn't and yeah. it doesn't really do anything. And and I think that's sort of hurt the reputation of of what it is. But I guess for it you, did. yeah. And I I think the work that you do obviously is is completely different to to what it has been in the past. But is this is this a level of frustration that you have for yourself where when you get tasked with doing a lyric video in particular that you sort of go, how do I? continue to make this fresh and exciting and different so that it it can be engaging and it it continues to remove the stigma of what the lyric video unfortunately used to be in the past uh sometimes man and uh i, I really i really try not to and i, I know there's i i really try not to read youtube comments because <laughs> some of those man some of these there's not some nice people on oh, there, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, lyric videos can be cheesy or whatever, but the way that, that I approach these and, and, and really not, and it really helps not running out of ideas quite yet, but, but I, I really try to approach these almost in a cinematic type approach. Like, uh, like, for your video, for instance, like mm-hmm. the big robots in the background and the bullets falling, it's 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 all it's there's not necessarily a storyline with that, but it's it's abstract enough where people can put two and two together and understand what's going on. Mm. So so I would kind of say that's kind of like my style. It's it's almost like a abstract, cinematic, surrealist. I don't know vibe to it. I guess you know. It's almost like creating that atmosphere around around the song itself, rather than because yeah. I mean, there've been like when I think of cheesy, I think of something that's very literal. It's it's just it's you know we are singing about 
dragons, so here's a dragon, and you know, or whatever it might be, you know, just whatever example, yeah. and. And so because it's so literal, it, it becomes very sort of, it's almost one dimensional in, in feel. And, and then you, you fall into that trap of, of it being very cheesy and, and lacking substance. Yep. So I think, yeah. I think you're sort of on the right track as far as, you know, trying to create, you know, going down that abstract pathway, path where you sort of create this, this ambience around, around the song itself to try and capture the, the feel of the song rather than trying to visually interpret the lyrics down to each each syllable you know it's just it's not it's not the same yeah i, I really I, I really try to make a lot of these feel like you're watching a movie mm, cool you know rather than someone just okay yep brand new songs out hit play on youtube walk away you know i really want the listener or viewer to watch it along with the new track you know that, that's my goal. I want them to enjoy what they're watching just as much as what they're listening to. I was just thinking that this is the first time I've ever thought of this, but um, maybe maybe a good way. Because, I mean, obviously, when I when I looked at the, the video you did for us, it was, like, fantastic. It was way better than I was expecting because I had no idea what to expect. Um, and mm-hmm. and I've seen your other work as well. And maybe, maybe a way to continue to move further and further away from the stigma of a lyric video is that bands should just stop calling them lyric videos. I mean, it's an official video yeah. of the band and maybe that's, maybe that's, it is bands, an official video. Yeah. yeah. And I think that might even yeah. get more people viewing the videos because, you know, there will be certain people out there that will just see lyric video and go, well, I'm not going to watch that because it's just a lyric video, big deal. Uh, and so they miss yeah. out. So maybe I think bands probably need to, and I might do this after we get off the call. I'm going to go and change the titles on YouTube and everywhere, and just call it, just call it the official video, and that's it. I, I'm pretty. I don't know if we've done that. Anyway, I'll have to have yeah, a look. Uh, there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, like uh, there's one I did for the one I did for Devin with the cat flying. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the paralyzed video I did for Dream Theater was an official video. Uh, but you know, man. Um, and and always sometimes like they don't need lyrics on the video, That's you know, right. it, you know, I, I did that for Jordan, you know, I did a video, it was all this trippy abstract stuff and it worked and there were no lyrics. Mm. So it's an official animated video. That's right. You know, so there's that aspect too. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I think, I think you're right. We're at a time where, you know, the word lyric video, we probably should move on to something else. Because <laughs> I think, you know, I, yeah, I think we, I think we sort of cheapen it a little bit. I mean, not intentionally, but I think just because we go, oh yeah. well, it's a lyric video, and that's what you put in there. And I think, I think because that stigma's there, unfortunately, it might it deter, is, it might it deter is. people. So, um, and yeah, really, I mean, it's an official video. It's the song that we've chosen to represent. Uh, it's it's the video that we've chosen to represent that song. Um, so yeah. it is what it is. It's nothing, it's nothing less than that, or it's nothing different. It's, it's the official video. There's not, un, unless you've got like several video clips for the one song, which would be ultra confusing, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Like a visualizer where, where it's just like the animated album cover, like moving little five minutes, you know, like a, that kind of stuff happened that, that too. And that's a little cheesy too, mm. but, uh, well, just like the, the video I did for you guys. I mean, that was an official video. Yeah. That's you it. know, it just, just happened to have lyrics on it. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There well, you go. I'll have to go and check out all of our titles now. I'm pretty sure I called it official video, but um, who knows? Lyric could be in there, and uh, if it is, I'm yeah. removing it. I'm removing it. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. But like, uh, I've always been a guy. I like. I really like to push the boundaries, and I really like to uh, try to stay ahead of the curve of things. So one thing that I'm doing now is I, I, I really want to start incorporating what I do with lyric videos with performance videos. Mm. So uh, either it's 3D animation, kind of like what I did with John, sort of, um, but having 2D drawn hand stuff and performance videos, you know, all in one. Mm. Just lyrics, they can be in there or not, but like just one all of it all together, you know, just performance video. We'll throw some lyrics in there. If it's during, just during the course, we can throw the course lyrics up and that can be it. You know, just, I, I would really start to like try to territorial and some things. And, and some of the labels that I work for are kind of starting to let me do that a little bit. So, um, that, that's something I'd like to kind of start moving into. Um, and I'd love to start, you know, directing and doing full-blown, you know, performance videos and being able to do that kind of stuff with it, too. Because I don't see a lot of bands doing that. No. You know, at least not, like, in our genre. You know, I'll see it, like, in Synthwave or, you know, other other kinds of music. They, they're, they're doing it. But, you know, like, in our genre and stuff, I, I, I think, man, I mean, we, we could... Uh, the future, you know, mm. the future of this. I think. I think sometimes we collectively, in sort of rock and metal, we we kind of do ourselves a disservice because we we love we love nostalgia. We love we love what's comfortable from the past, and we try to hold on to that for as long as we can until until it becomes stale. So it's almost like complacency yeah. that that kicks in. And um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Um, the way that. Uh, you know the, the bands that that uh, you know, pop their head above the rest and and have you know continued success are the ones that are willing to take a risk and try something new and continue to you know especially in the prog world be progressive you know pro- progress progress forward and try new things so yeah I mean yeah, it'd be I interesting to see that. what um, see what you come yeah. up with and and what bands decide to sort of run with these with these new ideas yeah and actually I have a few coming up that uh I think I can talk about I hope I hope I can talk about oh you let if, me know if not, you can, <laughs> yeah I can clip it out or, oh, well well if, if not you, you can edit this out right sure. yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's okay so yeah I did like a like kind of a cheesy cartoon video for a band called Tokyo Motor Fist earlier this year it's hand drawn everything animated uh and I really enjoyed doing that so um uh uh, uh, Andy James reached out out to me, you know, and the amazing mm. guitar shredder Andy Andy James. He wants to do a, a video, uh, like a Halloween creepy video that's all going to be animated. So uh, that will probably be my next project for September and October. Cool. So and I'm 50% sure I can talk about that. So <laughs> you can let me know. <laughs> can, I'll let you know. Yeah, for sure. So it, so it'll be fun working with him. And I guess, I guess, um, as you said, sort of trying these new, new methods, these new approaches, and and different ways to to visualize and represent music, it's you know, it potentially opens new doors for you again to to continue to 
you know, move in that direction and uh, yeah, continue to evolve as, as an artist yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's, you know, once, once I get to the day that, you know, I feel like I'm not growing, I'm going to retire. You know, I'm going to be like, you know what, if I, if I'm fresh out of ideas and I just, it's not me anymore, um, I'm going to go back to corporate America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, so, I, I can't see that happening, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have in the back of your head as far as a bit of a motivator. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure, man, you know, like music's always changing. The, the business changes like every six months. Mm. So you never know what's going to happen. So, have you, have you noticed a change in the volume of requests that you get or just the type of work that you get just this year because of everything that's, that's happened globally? Uh, you mean like how, like how record labels and stuff like that have changed over the years or? Oh, no, just, just this year, as far as, you know, with all the COVID stuff that's happened, you know, just bands having to sort of, you know, there's not as much touring happening now or virtually none. And bands are sort of making yeah. different decisions as far as how they release music. Have you noticed a difference with the work that you're getting, or is it more more of a case of just the same old for the most part? Yeah, well, uh, from uh, it's an unfortunate situation for the bands, but for for me, uh, I mean, I've it's it's been like overwhelming. Mm. You know, since since bands can't get together to shoot their performance videos, they can't go on tour. They need some form of promotion. So, you know, I'm getting hit up with like so many videos. It's, it's been so busy, man, <laughs> uh, which has been a blessing because, you know, I got my, my daughter and I was able to save up a little bit. And so 2020 hasn't been so been so bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get to work from home anyway. So, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's, Work has been twice as much as it has ever been. Um, I do miss doing the live visual stuff. Hopefully I can get to do again that next year. And when Iron Maiden or Metallica goes on tour, maybe they'll give mm, me a call. That'd be you nice. Know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, work's been busy, man. It's been steady. It's been good. So. No, that's good. I mean, I, I think that's, you have to try and make the most of the situation that you're in and you know yeah. where so many so many people around the world are in in a in a disadvantaged position because of what's been happening but at the same time i think because we've been forced to have to change the way we do everything i think that also mm-hmm. creates opportunity as well and and so there's a lot of silver linings there if you're if you're willing to look for them so it's good it's it's great to it's it's awesome to hear that you know, you, you've been able to sort of um, benefit in a way of, of what's been happening because, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people need to, need to find those silver linings where they can. And, uh, and I think for you, you were set up and the type of work that you do is, is pretty much, you know, primed for, for situations like this, which is great. And yeah, uh, man, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it, at the same time, you know, it just kind of played in my favor a little bit, you know? And it's good because I think bands obviously need to keep moving somehow and continue to do things and keep in front of people's uh, eyes and, and, and keep their attention. So it's good that bands can utilize people like yourself who can continue to, to create a great visual for, for them and, and, and represent their music uh, as best as they can. So it's, it's good that bands can still continue to keep the needle moving 
during during this time where you know traditionally it might be a case where a lot of bands were planning to tour this year and and can't, but they can still do other things in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's that's how it is, man. And hopefully concerts will start back and at least by 2025 maybe i don't know i know oh god well man i see i see tours getting booked for next year early next year i'm like oh guys like that's look i get it i get yeah i I get why they're they're trying to do it and they're trying to get in early and lock things in just in case but oh don't put too much money on the line because i don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna pan out it doesn't look good so we'll we'll see yeah yeah Yeah, I, i say give it at least uh even if it does happen, you're gonna see like half empty crowds. Mm. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I say two years, maybe. I, I don't know. That's just my guesstimate, but no. who knows? I could be wrong. Oh who knows? So but yeah, who knows, man. But yeah, no prog power this year. That was supposed to happen in a few weeks. So and unfortunately that had to get postponed. But how how does that feel for you? Because you've been part of that Prog Power family for for many years, um, and you know, mentioning before you know, putting the putting your hat in the ring for the t shirt competition as well. And you know, I mean, just I, like I've been to two two of them, and you know, you certainly get the mm-hmm. buzz and and the excitement of being part of such a great community of people. And I, no doubt, I'm just I'm feeling for so many of of you guys because. It's this yearly pilgrimage, you know, for you, not that far, but, you know, it's that yearly, you mm-hmm. know, uh, community get-together of these great people and these great bands, and this year it's just not happening. Yeah, it's just, it's, man, I, I feel for it. I mean, people are, I don't know, I guess you guys stay home and play Xbox. Oh. <laughs> PlayStation or something, man. But uh, for me, it's, I I work on the roster video all summer mm. for Glenn. Yep. You know, he, he, he books his bands and I put his video together and it takes me all summer to do. So this summer, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to fill the <laughs> void. So I get to work on John's stuff this summer. So that was my uh, summertime job this year. Nice. That's it's, it's not a bad compromise. Not a bad. It equals out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, one thing I noticed um, on your website is uh, that um, you got uh, two Emmy no- nominations. What were they for? I did, man. I uh, I work for this a, a, a huge corporate thing back here in Atlanta back in the early 2000s, 2004, 2005. And um, yeah, man, I was like 24, 25 years old and I got to work on some documentaries. And uh, they got nominated for Emmys. Wow, that's cool. Which is was pretty cool, man. And um, I, I didn't win, but it's it's still pretty cool to have on the resume, you know. Oh yeah. So yeah, hopefully one day I can get a video in the Prague Awards or something. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. I mean, just just from a a legitimacy perspective, like when you're trying to, you know, uh, sell a sell a concept or uh, put a proposal out to a client or something like that. Or even like, as you said before, speaking to a label directly and putting the feelers out to work with an artist. I mean, you can, you can put all this stuff in there to sort of say, Hey, this is, you know, I'm not just, I'm not just some novice that's starting out and just wants some experience and wants to work with, you know, great people just because I want to, like I've, I can back this up and in his, his, what I've done so far here, the achievements. So, 
I mean, not, not many people can say yeah. they've they've uh, they've got Emmy Emmy nominations. I mean, when I saw that, I went, oh yeah. shit, I've got to, I've definitely got to well, ask you about that. Yeah, well, dude, I really had a hustle at first, man. When I was doing the music stuff, mm. like nobody would give me the time of day yeah. at all. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, I really can do this kind of stuff if you let me. You know, and the first record label that gave me a chance was Prosthetic. I don't know okay. if you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, they gave me a chance, and I did some videos for them, and it just started climbing the ladder from there. You know, it's just it was those guys, and then Inside Out came along, um, and then thank God Frontiers came along because Frontiers—they're amazing. Mm. They give me so much work, man, and they have so many band, awesome bands on that label, like Striper, LA Guns, mm. the older bands, man, that still have lots of fans. And uh, you know, Frontiers really takes care. They take care of me, man. They're the the greatest. Yeah, I love working with those guys. And then, you know, Mascot came along. And I do a lot of stuff for those guys. Um, done a few things for AFM. Um, they don't call too much, but I think they may have an in-house guy who does some things. Uh, some labels still won't answer my emails. Uh, nuclear Blast. <laughs> yeah, They won't answer my emails. Yeah, no, I've tried. <laughs> uh, Napalm, they won't answer my emails. It's all good. My feelings aren't hurt. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Metal Blade, that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. You know, I got enough work. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, but it, but it feels good now that I don't really have to kind of – I mean, I, I did it first. I had to go out looking for work, you know, and it was like cold calling. I was like, hey, listen, I can do this. Give me a chance. But, but now it's kind of reversed a little bit. It's like – you know, they kind of like reach out to me now, you know, and, uh, and I have a hard time saying no to a lot of <laughs> bands and, you know, and, um, uh, but that's, that's kind of how it is now. So, which I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed that I'm in a situation where they're reaching out to me and, and it, people want to work with me and it, it makes me feel great. That hard work pays off and, and it's a, it's a, it's a patience game, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's being persistent it, and just keep doing what you're doing, but eventually, you know, the old, the old cliche, you build it and they'll come. Yeah. Very true, man. Very true, dude. It definitely, definitely is. With, um, with the t-shirt competition you're speaking about before and sort of throwing your hat in the ring and just going, oh, we'll see, see what I can do with it. And obviously that's, that gave you a, a foot in the door when it came to sort of going down this path of, of music. When, when you put the, you know, you, you put your entry in for this competition, had you already in the back of your mind made a sort of a mental decision that you wanted to move more in a direction of music or was it only after sort of winning the competition and sort of starting to see those initial opportunities that you thought, Hey, this is something I actually really want to do full time or want to gra gravitate in that direction more. Um, well, I guess, I guess, you know, I have, I've always, cause since I'm a musician, I've always wanted to work in the music business mm -hmm. somehow. Um, but at, at that time I was working at, you know, the weather channel here mm -hmm. in Atlanta and, um, you know, that was cool, but, um, I made, I made contacts, you know, while I, while I was there, you know, meeting bands, making contacts, you know, and that that's really how it paid off, man. You know, by the time that 
you know, working for a big corporation like the Weather Channel. Fortunately, I got laid off with a whole bunch of other, other people in 2015, and I didn't have anywhere to go. So I called those contacts. And that's that's just how it happened, man. It did, uh, you know, that's that's what the music business is. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a business of relationships. It is, yeah, definitely. Do you think that if, um, if you weren't laid off in 2015 that – it may have taken you a little bit longer to, to put take, take those next steps as far as pushing out into those contacts because I think I see that with a lot of friends of mine who have, you know, they've got moderately comfortable jobs, just traditional jobs working for a corporation, a business, and they've got their side hustle, their passion project, and probably would not take that big step because they're still relatively comfortable and it will take longer for them to make that decision. Do you think that it would have taken longer yeah. for you? Uh, maybe it, it, it is scary making the leap, mm. you know? Um, and I, I did get a few, few job offers, but I would have had to move, relocate like, and the U S is a big place like yeah. Australia, mm. you know, you know, I, I got, I had an offer with, uh, with, um, with UFC ultimate fighting. Wow. They wanted me to come out and do pro- promos for them, but I would have had to move to Las Vegas and, my wife didn't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> so, and then, uh, I, I had a, I had an offer with NASCAR. So I would have had to move to Charlotte and do wow. promos for them, but didn't want to do that. And then, uh, WWE with wrestling doing promos for those guys, <laughs> but then I would have to move all the way up to Connecticut. Didn't want to do that. Wow. So I'm like, what can I do here? Just, uh, let me, let me just see what I can do and, and try and, and work my way into this music business and do something that's really never been done before, you know, and it's paid off. At least I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've created, you've you've created your own, your own thing just by, you know, hustling and working hard and finding those contacts and building it up, building your reputation and, and you've got the best of both worlds. You, you are, you're living where you want to live and you can, you've got the versatility of just picking and choosing what you do. And now, as you said before, you've got people coming to you, look, um, asking for, you know, for, for work. And so that's, it's perfect. Yeah, man. I, you know, I got Bruce Dickinson's going to call me this evening and you know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he's, he's, he's up next. No, <laughs> hey, never say never. You, you, you never, like as, as you would have been, Hey, like, like when you were first getting started and reaching out to those contacts back in, back in 2015, I mean, you probably, you know, you probably didn't know what you'd be doing now and, and a lot of the stuff that you've accomplished, you know, it's, it, you know, who knows what the future is going to bring for you. It's exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, uh, like the whole Aryan thing. It's like, I reached out to him and he's, he didn't know who I was or anything. He's like, Hey man, I want you to do all these videos for me. And you want to do this big live show for me with this big three story screen. I'm like, Holy shit, dude, what have <laughs> I got myself into, you know? And, <laughs> but you know, it, that turned out to be pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what launched the, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have got the dream theater gig. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. So was, was he a similar guy to Devin as far as, somebody who had a very, I don't know, eccentric sort of personality and just, and somebody that really sort of creatively just, uh, exciting to work with, but, but potentially challenging because they're so engrossed in it's, it's their project. It's their whole world. I would say yes. 
but the difference with him and Devin is uh, Arjun is the type of guy he he kind of kills you with kindness. He has a way like if like if 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 you do something that he doesn't like, he has a way of saying things to you to make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> like he's really good at positive reinforcement. Right. You know. So I'm like, you know what? He's right. I can do this better. You know, so that's that's how he gets people, and that's why he has so many people want, that want to work with him. Mm. You know, and he he's he knows what he wants, and is I mean, he's a superstar, he's an icon, mm. and there's a reason for that. And but you know, he's awesome to work with, and hopefully one day I can work with him again. Man, like exciting times. Like I just, you know, watching what you've done over the years and and all these new opportunities. I didn't know about the John uh, John Petrucci uh, solo album and and what you were working on with him until obviously the announcement came out, and I went, oh yeah, well done. Like you know, what a another great achievement for you. And it's just, uh, you know, reading yeah, that reading was those so top secret man. Yeah, <laughs> and but it's it's cool. Like it's just it's exciting to see you know what what you're doing and what you continue to be involved with. And yeah, who knows who knows gonna who's gonna call you next and and ask ask for a job. So it's yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's cool, man. And the funny thing with John is like, uh, I don't let John pay with money. I let John pay me with guitars. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where everybody they come else, from. you know I'll, yeah that's where they come from and uh <laughs> some things are worth more than money man yeah for sure uh, so yeah john and our bros i'm like hey man you know what just get ernie ball to send me a majesty i'm happy with it that's all you gotta do he's like you got it bud oh so, that's so cool that's so cool i mean it makes it, it makes it so much more exciting and interesting because you've got a story you know, attach to that guitar and, and just obviously the relationship yeah. there is, is incredibly important as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. Very cool, man. So I've got two from him so far. One's a, actually a custom made and one I got two days ago. It's the uh, kinetic blue. It's oh, yeah. pretty cool. I've been, uh, I've been looking at your photos, trying to get that color showing up in the photo. So uh, yeah, it looks, yeah, it's it looks really very difficult, nice. man. And some nights it looks purple, some nights it looks green, some nights it looks blue. It's it's I don't know how they do that, man. Er, Ernie Ball, every guitar they make is a, like a piece of art, dude. It's it should be. They cost they cost enough to be worth hard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. I mean, they're not uh, cheap. <laughs> and probably an appre- appreciating asset as well. So, you know, that it'll probably be worth yeah. even more later on down the track as well. Especially, you know, I mean not that not that you're holding them for, you know, value to appreciate, but, uh, you know, the, the story that it, yeah. that's attached to that, that guitar and, and where it's come from and why you have it makes it, makes it absolutely priceless as well. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And those are, that's stuff I can pass down to my kids one day, Yeah, you know, yeah. that's my, that's my inheritance, you know, I'm the, the starving artist. So <laughs> my kids will get the John Bertucci guitars. <laughs> And that's a wrap. If you want to reach out to Wayne, you can do so by going to waynejoiner.com. He's also on Facebook, Wayne Joiner Creative, and on Vimeo, vimeo.com slash waynejoy. I'll have all the links in the show notes over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. Nice and easy for you folks, and you should be able to tap through on your little podcast player as well. Now, before we wrap it up, of course, Patreon. Come and support me on Patreon. 
Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Support starts from only one buck a month, and there are additional tiers if you want to get access to my exclusive Patreon podcast episode that comes out every week as well. So you can go over there, check it all out. It's a great way to support this podcast. I've got a bunch of goals to make this podcast bigger and better, and it's all driven by Patreon. So thank you so much to all the legends who are jumping on and supporting. In particular, my guys who are my social circle tier, my top tier in Patreon. Thank you very much for your support massive contributors to this podcast and here are these legends andrew from perth mick g from sydney ash from deniloquin dan from dapto we also have rod from rayleigh in north carolina saul from oxford in the uk patrick from canberra liam from brisbane chris from sydney uh we've also got brendo from leeton tim from canberra and james from brisbane thank you very much legends and uh, to everybody else that has jumped on patreon and is supporting the cause much appreciated now before we wrap it up next week's episode how are you guys finding these uh, monday morning uh, drops as well uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. it seems to be going really well um it makes sense to kick off your week with a brand new podcast rather than later in the week so uh, I kind of like it, but, uh, next week's episode will be another musician, um, and an Australian musician. And, uh, for my Aussie listeners, especially my metal loving mates, you'll probably know who this guy is, but, um, I'll leave it at that. So until then folks, thank you very much for the support. As always go and do all the usual things, sub to this podcast, on all the pr- platforms, Give me a bit of social media love. Share these episodes around to heaps of different people. Go back and say hello to all the guests that have been on this podcast. Give them a bit of anti-social love. It means a hell of a lot to me. And uh, just take care. All right. Until next week, folks. Bye-bye. Larry. Larry, please.